Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. I'm Lena Lahire, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, best-selling author, and psychology student at the University of Calgary. I'll be discussing topics that range from nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and everything in between so you can feel confident in how to move towards better health physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get into our topic for the day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I want to start this episode by letting you know that this could be triggering for some people. So the content that I'm presenting in this episode could be triggering if you have an eating disorder, if you're struggling with your relationship with food or body image. Some of the content may be triggering as I'm going to be talking about weight, um, obesity, numbers in particular, diet, exercise, all of those things. So if this is you and you are triggered by this content, I would just probably encourage you not to listen to this episode just yet and come back to it at a later time. All right, so we're going to be talking about if you should weigh yourself. This is not a straightforward question. As most health questions, the answer in short is it depends. You know, weight is a metric. It's not the metric, but it is a metric to measure our health. The problem with weight is that it doesn't tell the whole story. It's just one piece of the puzzle. However, I do believe that it is an important piece of the puzzle that we need to understand more and we need to monitor. So is weighing yourself right for you? Again, this depends greatly on the situation and the individual. I think that eventually over time, everyone should know what their weight is and to keep track of it, not in an obsessive way, but knowing that this is a metric of health, I need to know how much I weigh, because if that weight changes significantly in a short period of time, you're gonna need to know. That's really helpful information because it could indicate something is wrong. So it's important when we're looking at weight to separate weight from our emotions. And that can be really hard because we're in a culture that really praises being, well, to be honest, being underweight for the most part. And we're also seeing this kind of praising obesity, which I don't necessarily agree with either. I don't think it's right to praise being overweight if that is paired with medical conditions. And I don't believe that it's right to be praising being underweight because that also comes with medical conditions and health risks as well. So we need to find that balance and separate how much we weigh from our self-worth. So when we talk about weight, we're not talking about self-worth. We need to divorce those two concepts and just look at weight 
for what it is. It's a measurement of our health. And as soon as we can separate the two, I think we're going to be in a much better headspace. So I'm going to give you a little bit of statistics though. In 2018, 26.8% of Canadians 18 and older, that's roughly 7.3 million adults, reported height and weight that classified them as obese. Another 9.9 million adults, that's 36.3%, were classified as overweight. That brings the total population with increased health risk due to excess weight to 63.1%. So this was an increase from 2015. That was 61.9% of Canadians 18 or older classified as being overweight or obese. 63.1% of the population. Those are really big numbers. And we have to look at what is going on that's created this pandemic of obesity that's endemic. Obesity, this is a really touchy subject. You know, you can be quote unquote healthy if you are obese and overweight. However, it does put you at greater risk for developing conditions down the road. Just like smoking, if you smoke, it's not saying 100% you will get lung cancer, but it greatly reduces, it greatly increases, sorry, your risk of developing lung cancer later on in life. Obesity is no different. You may be healthy while being obese or overweight, but down the road, it can cause problems. And what are some of these problems? Excess weight may increase the risk for many health problems, including type two diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, certain types of cancer, sleep apnea, osteoarthritis, fatty liver disease, kidney disease, and pregnancy problems. So this is not to be taken lightly. You may not have any of these conditions or any symptoms, but down the road, if your weight remains over what it should be, you're at risk for developing these health problems. That's not to mention the stress that comes on your joints from having too much weight. So this is a big deal and we need to talk about weight in a sympathetic way, but also in a factual way. I don't think we should shy away from talking about weight and obesity and the health problems that come can come with that with those conditions it's also important to note that there's health risks that come with being underweight as well such as malnutrition vitamin deficiencies anemia osteoporosis decreased immune function increased risk for complications from surgery fertility issues Um, irregular menstrual cycles, which I've talked extensively about, and growth and development issues, especially in children and teenagers. So that's not to be taken lightly either. And I come back to what I said previously, 
is I don't think we should be celebrating obesity and I don't think we should be celebrating being underweight as well. I think we should be celebrating health and that looks very different depending on the individual and it can come in, it does come in tons of shapes and sizes, but there are risk factors associated when we're on either end of the extreme, either being obese or being underweight as well. So we need to talk about that. So how do we know if we are overweight or how do we know if we're obese? Generally, people who are obese understand that they're obese. Um, how do we know that we're underweight? Well, your your essential body functions start shutting down. So like your hormones are not at a level in which they should be. This means for women that they're not menstruating um, regularly or at all. Um, there's lots of different factors associated, but doctors will generally look at your BMI, which is your body mass index. Yes, this is not a perfect measurement, but it is a measurement. If you're below 18.5, that's considered being underweight. And if you're 30 or above, that's considered being obese. There are limitations to determining your health using BMI alone. I'm not saying that, but it is one of those measurements that's helpful if you do fall below or above the the quote unquote normal range. Another way that we can look at what is appropriate and what is healthy in terms of looking at our body shape and markers of our health is to look at things like abdominal obesity, so our waist circumference. For men, more than 40 inches puts you at risk for developing metabolic syndrome. For women, it's more than 35 inches. Your triglycerides is 1.7 millimoles or higher per liter or higher, puts you at risk for develop, developing metabolic syndrome. So these are all risk factors in developing metabolic syndrome. Your HDL cholesterol, that's the good kind. Men, if it's lower than 1.0. Women, if it's lower than 1.3. Your blood pressure, if it's 130 over 85 or higher and your fasting glucose 5.6 millimoles per liter or higher. So these all put you at risk for developing metabolic syndrome. So what is metabolic syndrome? Well, metabolic syndrome is a cluster of conditions that occur together, which increase your risk of heart disease, stroke, and type two diabetes. These include increased blood pressure, high blood sugar, excess body fat around the waist, that's what I was talking about, waist circumference, and abnormal cholesterol or triglyceride levels. Now, having one of these conditions doesn't mean you have metabolic syndrome, but it does mean you have a greater risk of serious disease. And if you develop more of these conditions, you risk the complications such as type 2 diabetes and heart disease. So it's very important that we understand the risk factors associated with being overweight or obese or with being underweight. We want to hit that normal weight. And that normal weight is going to differ depending on the individual. So I can't say you should weigh, you know, between this and this 
if you are this age and this age. I mean, they do have charts online that say, you know, roughly how much you should weigh. But again, sometimes these are kind of arbitrary numbers and it's best if you're not sure how much you should weigh to speak to your doctor about it. I don't think that we need to go running to our doctor every time, you know, we think we should weigh ourselves or if we should weigh ourselves, however you might need to. So let's go over some hypothetical situations in which you would want to seek a health professional like your doctor or a nutritionist, dietitian, health professional, if you're not sure if you should be weighing yourself or not. For the general public, that's otherwise healthy. They they don't know of any condition that they have. They're healthy. They are relatively active. I think that weighing yourself once a week, once every two weeks, once a month is completely fine. I think it's great to know where you stand. That way, if you gain weight or if you lose weight in a short amount of time, it shows you, hey, something is kind of going on here that needs your attention. Now, if you're someone who is overweight, your doctor has told you you're pre-diabetic, you have high triglycerides, high blood pressure, you have a BMI of 35, a waist circumference of 40, is weighing yourself a good idea? Yes, it is. How much should you weigh? That is going to be between you and your doctor. And I think then it's important to monitor your weight and monitor changes. I don't think I know. It's important to monitor your health with the guidance of your physician or whoever you're working with because you have risks or already have conditions that need to be monitored with the help and guidance of a professional. If you are underweight and you're working with a doctor, psychologist, whatever, is weighing yourself a good idea? Yes, it is because you do need to keep track of your weight and if you're losing more weight or if you're gaining more weight, that's going to be indicative of progress or decline, but it should be under the supervision of a physician as well because people who are underweight, who struggle to gain weight, may just have fast metabolisms, but there may be something else going on there as well. If you struggle with an eating disorder, um, again, weighing yourself by yourself may not be a great idea. So it's very dependent on the situation, on the individual, on the health condition of each individual. Again, for the general population, I think weighing yourself is a really good idea and knowing how much you weigh is a good idea. Now where it, it kind of gets sticky and gray is when we become obsessive about it, overly focused, and if our weight is determining our self-worth and how we feel about ourselves. then we start treading into dangerous waters. So if you're completely looking at your weight from a factual basis, and be honest with yourself, because some people are like, oh, I, I just weigh myself because I like to measure it, and 
and there's no emotion associated with it. First of all, I don't really believe that. Um, Sometimes there is, but you have to be honest with yourself. If you saw your weight go up three pounds, are you going to start to feel bad about yourself? Like three pounds, does it really matter? I don't know, it might, but probably not, right? Because you can fluctuate weight anywhere from a few pounds five, 10 pounds, right? Depending on where you're sitting in, in your hormonal cycle, in the season that we're in, in winter, all manner of different variables that can affect our weight. But if you're going to feel bad about yourself for gaining weight, and that's going to result in unhealthy behaviors towards food or unhealthy thoughts towards your body, and it sends you kind of in a downward spiral with depression or low self-esteem, then weighing yourself is going to be an issue for you. If you weigh yourself and it motivates you to change a behavior, say, yeah, you are a little bit heavier than you would like to be. Again, weight is an arbitrary number, so it's important not to like have this fixed number in your head that means absolutely nothing. But if you know that you're heavier than you'd like to be, then using a scale and measuring your progress, I think is necessary. If you do not look at that number, how are you going to know if you're making progress? Of course, there are other ways that you can can see the progress being made. You can see your strength going up. If you start working out, your clothes will feel different. They'll, They'll sit different on your body. You'll look different. Those are all metrics as well, but so is weight. And weight can be highly motivating when you do have, when you have legitimate weight to lose, it can be extremely motivating to see that weight loss happen. It just needs to make, you just need to make sure that you're not going down an unhealthy road with weight and it's your only metric. That's, I think that's the biggest issue is when weight becomes your only metric of health. And it is such a small portion of health. It's such a small metric in terms of all of these other metrics that we use to measure overall health, but it is one. And I think that we shouldn't be afraid to weigh ourselves, and we shouldn't be weighing ourselves every day either. So that's where I stand with weighing ourselves. It's also important to look at weight as being multifactorial. So people are not overweight or obese simply because they just eat too much. Yeah, they are eating a surplus. However, there are so many other factors that come into play when we're talking about our overall health social economic status, stress, poverty, poor quality housing, food insecurity, inadequate working conditions, insecure employment, social exclusion, discrimination. All of these things affect our health. All of them contribute to obesity. Our environment plays such a huge role. We have this obesogenic environment in which we're sedentary, we have access to unhealthy food, healthy food is more expensive, 
people may not have access to that healthy food. You know, in the States, I'm not sure what it's like in Canada, but I know in the States there's food deserts where people literally don't have access. If you're struggling to make ends meet and healthy food is going to cost more than you can afford, of course, you're going to choose the the unhealthier option. I don't think that is the onus is on the person only. Yes, everyone is responsible for their own health, but our environment plays such a big role. And when you have odds that are always stacked against you, it's not going to be easy in to maintain health. So we need to look at, at all these different factors that contribute to our weight and the health of our body and be sympathetic in that respect. Because I'm also not about fat shaming or health shaming either. If someone has some of these lifestyle related diseases, conditions, it's not about shaming that person. It's about understanding why they developed those conditions and how to help them through that. And there are strategies that help people overcome some of these conditions. You can reverse type 2 diabetes. You can reverse high blood pressure and high cholesterol. You can reduce your risk of developing these conditions. Even if you are overweight or obese and you don't have these conditions now, there's things that you can do right now that help to prevent these down the road. So that's very encouraging. And there are going to be people out there that are listening that have these conditions. And if you don't have these conditions, you will know someone that has some of these conditions. And it's really important to be supportive of these people and not to shame them and not to say, well, if you only did this, because like I said, there's so many other factors at play and we need to look at the environment, as a whole, the person as a whole, and how we can best help that person overcome some of these health challenges. Number one, exercise. Exercise, exercise, exercise. You don't need to go to a gym to exercise. However, going to a gym offers tons of benefits, not just having more access to the equipment that you need, but also the community aspect. If you can afford to see a personal trainer for a few sessions to make sure you're using good form so you don't hurt yourself, that's also super beneficial. And just having a space in which to go and work out can be really, really helpful. You know, we do so much at home, especially with COVID. We're working from home, studying from home, you know, we live in our home. Now we have to work out in our home. Like we don't have this separation and it can be really beneficial to have that separation in which to go and take care of yourself, go and work out. I'm a huge fan of gyms. It's such a shame that they have been closed for, you know, the majority of lockdowns. I don't think that that's been helpful slash necessary, but that's for a completely different podcast or or not. (laughs) Those are my views. Um, But exercise really helps to mitigate some of these issues that come when you have one of these conditions, one or more of these conditions, or when you're struggling to lose weight. So exercise is kind of like 
the first strategy. And it doesn't mean doing something massive every single day. It could just be walking every single day. Just getting out and moving, being physically active is so good for every system of our body, especially as we age. Because as we age, all of these body systems that we have going on that we're not even aware of, they start to decline and we become aware of them. So we become aware when we fall and we break a bone and we have osteoporosis because we've gotten older. And we know that exercise helps to rebuild bone density, bone mineral density. So we become aware of these things as we age or if we have a condition or if we're unfit and exercise is our first line of defense. Also, not after, but also is our diet and eating as healthful as a diet as we possibly can, as we can afford. If you can eat organic and whole foods, absolutely, that's preferential. But if you can't afford organic vegetables, does that mean you shouldn't eat vegetables? Absolutely not. You should absolutely eat vegetables. So half of your dietary consumption should come from fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean sources of protein, lots of healthy fats like nuts and avocado and coconut. All of these things are so good for our body. Tons of fiber. Think about the foods that you can add in instead of taking away what you quote unquote can't have because you can have anything. You're allowed to have anything you want, but some foods are going to contribute to health and some foods are not going to contribute to health. And so you have a choice of what foods you put in your body. Even if your choices are limited, you still have a choice. So the Mediterranean diet that really focuses on smaller amounts of protein, having more fish, beans and legumes, whole grains, nuts, seeds, lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, that has been linked to overall health, um, small amounts of of red meat, so limited intake of red meat. So that's a really great way to eat. There's lots of information online about the Mediterranean diet, but basically you're just consuming lots of fresh foods. When in doubt, just consume fresh foods, lots of fiber, and you'll be good. Lots of water, enough sleep, exercise, reducing stress, That is, (laughs) I say that like lightly, oh, just reduce stress. But like, what is stress and what causes stress is completely individual and um, particular to to each person. So we're not going to get into the whole stress thing. But those are some of the biggest ways that we can prevent these conditions from happening down the road or reverse some of them if you're going through them right now. It sounds simple in practice and it is simple in practice, but like I said, there's other factors at play that include our environment and what's going on around us, what's going on inside of us. So it's always important to know where you stand with your health. And if you do struggle emotionally, mentally, physically, with conditions, with unhealthy behaviors towards food, towards your body, 
then you are going to need a team of people working around you. I think it's really important to not do anything alone, whether it's just family support or whether it's professional support. It's important to have that support system to help you along the way because we all need guidance. Personal trainers need personal trainers. Nutritionists need nutritionists. We all need help in the area of health. And if you can figure out what team of people you need, whether personal or professional, to help you along the way and what you need to do, then you are a step in the right direction. So I wanted to encourage you that weighing yourself is not a bad thing and it doesn't have to be linked to your self-worth. It can completely be used on a factual basis. However, weight is just one metric of our health. There's so many other metrics. I also wanted to encourage you that if you're struggling with a condition, like I mentioned, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, metabolic syndrome, there are ways that you can reverse these conditions. There are ways that you can help yourself so you don't have to deal with this down the road. It boggles my mind how some people think that their type 2 diabetes is irreversible. That's not true. It is totally reversible, but you need help from your physician. You need help from nutritionists or dietitians, from exercise physiologists, personal trainers. You need a team of people working around you to help you get to a healthier place. So in in that respect, it's very important to seek help and to seek out a team if, um, if you can afford it. Because a lot of those things, minus personal trainers, they're covered by health services. So take advantage of that and take advantage of it quickly. All right, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you feel encouraged to take charge of your health. Have a great day and thanks for listening. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel on iTunes and please leave me a review so we can get this message of better health out there. Have a great day and remember, you are powerful over your health.